Welcome to Ray County Voices, a news, sports, and entertainment podcast covering and commenting on the goings-on in Ray County, Missouri. I'm your host, Sean Rooney of the Richmond News. We continue the election preview coverage we began with our last episode. It went live October 12th. A link to that episode is posted in the description for this episode on buzzsprout.com and on other podcast platforms. Last time, we featured interviews with the three candidates for the county's Eastern Commissioner position, Carl Carter, Dave Powell, and Ron White. This time, our focus is on the county sheriff's race. Like last time, I posed a set of general questions to both candidates, though not always phrased the same way or in the same order. This time, I also posed a few follow-up questions, mostly while interviewing Sheriff Bush. Like part one, I allowed the candidates to speak for however long they wanted. Edits were made for pacing and other technical reasons. Scott Childers spoke first. We met September 25th at the newspaper offices. Discuss your qualifications. Well, hello everyone. My name is Scott Childers. I've been a deputy for nine years with the Clay County Sheriff's Office. In that time, I worked one year in detention, and then I worked three years as a school resource deputy at Winnetonka High School. During that time, I got CIT trained, which is crisis intervention. Um, I found it very useful uh, because we have so many kids in this day and age, and along with people, but especially kids who are fine and have a lot of um, mental health issues. So I learned the value of crisis intervention. From that point, I really I enjoyed working with kids. So I went into a task force called the Western Missouri Cybercrimes Task Force. I've been doing that for over four and a half years. We're a task force that covers 27 counties in the state of Missouri, and we get tips from the National Center of Missing Exploited Children. These tips can range anything from, from not that it's smaller, but in comparison, things like girls who have, are in high school or middle school that have sent, you know, maybe a, an inappropriate picture to their boyfriend all the way up to a, uh, a child molestation and or people downloading child pornography so I travel 27 counties we have eight people in our task force um, last year alone uh, we received over a thousand tips in the 27 county area but the three counties we received the most in are Clay, Platt, and Jackson so that's where most of my time is spent at and you're also a Richmond alumnus? Yes, so I grew up in Knoxville, Missouri. We uh, bought a farm out there when I was three. Um, I got baptized in the backyard by uh, David Miller out there at Knoxville where I went to church at and uh, attended school in Richmond. Uh, I was in president of FFA, did peer support. I was a wrestler, did uh, football and track, just anything that could keep me out of trouble and um, I graduated in 1997. So we'll turn to some specific issues. Mm -hmm. The choking death of George Floyd, which you mentioned at mm -hmm. a rally that I attended by a police officer, and similar incidents have sparked national concerns, as you know, about rogue law enforcement officers. Mm -hmm. How, as sheriff, would you address the issue of rogue deputies? Sure. The You know, I, I think we have to break a lot of things down because this isn't just a simple issue when it comes to rogue deputies i don't think of course there can be bad people in anything there can be bad cops there can be bad attorneys there can be bad teachers um, people can do bad things but 
something that I feel that we've we've overlooked for a long time is the mental health of our law enforcement, and we have got to we've got to stop and think about what they see on a daily basis. And the problem is, is we're still in a, a mentality where it's embarrassing for law enforcement officers to say, hey, I need help, or this is going on because you feel like your job's in jeopardy, you worry about uh, being uh, typecasted as somebody who can't handle the job, or you, even though they don't want to punish you, they do because they put you somewhere different or you know put you out of the public view, and uh, we've got to... We've got to do better as law enforcement of telling people you're safe, your job's safe, we're here to help you. You know, we, we have just been overlooking the issues of what we see on a daily basis in law enforcement. But I think mental health as a whole is overlooked and poorly funded all across the United States. Turning to a couple of, of other county issues, both drug-related in a sense, mm -hmm. What role should county law enforcement play, do you think, in addressing the opioid epidemic and, and why? Sure. Well, the opioid epidemic is very, very serious because we have seen that, for one thing is, I know with my experience of working in schools, is the easiest thing for kids to get away with are pills because they're easy, containable, easy to hide, easy to uh, to get because they can take it from a parent who maybe has that uh, prescription or a friend. And we opioids are, especially with some of the opioids we have now, are just very, very dangerous. They're as dangerous as uh, cocaine or heroin can be. Maybe maybe even more so because kids don't think of those as being dangerous but the reason why we we have got to be proactive on this opioid addiction because it leads into other things um you know is what we started seeing you know it, it's it just gotten stronger it went from one type of a drug to another and now we're fentanyl where we're now we're they're getting it in powder form and it's very dangerous and very deadly and I don't think that kids are aware of the dangers of this and we've got to we a we need to educate them but we have got to be proactive of getting out and um, hitting the getting these houses out of here that are drug houses we have got to make sure that um, we're educating parents on how to keep their you know count their pills keep them safe from their kids um, and then educate the kids of what the true risks are in in taking these pills. What steps should the sheriff's department take to stop the growing problem of, of meth production? Sure, that's and that's a great great question. And um, I can tell you, just being out in the county and talking to people, for every town I've gone to in the county, people can tell me where there's three or four drug houses. I mean. It, they seem to be pretty well known. Now, I understand that you got to create probable cause, but I feel like just talking to the citizens and listening to what they have to say and then starting some investigation off that, you know, there's things you can do like trash pulls, um, you know, just uh, do some surveillance. And if there seems to be a high amount of traffic with, um, with cars that don't seem to fit by their license plates, if they're out of t if they're out of state, things of that nature, and probably recognizable people would be a good clue in on on what 
houses are having issues. So I, I think our biggest asset, especially for a county that is smaller and doesn't have as many resources, is we have to rely on our citizens and our citizens have to rely on us. So I know just like I said, getting out and talking with people is, I've gotten a dozen or so complaints about houses that they feel, you know, due to things they've observed. And my opinion is there's nothing better than the people who live in those areas that can tell you what concerns they have and why they have. We should listen to the citizens and take their information and look into it. Related to listening to the citizens, something else that you brought up mm -hmm. during your, your rally that you brought up, voters have expressed concern about the jail losing money. Mm -hmm. Why do you feel like it's feasible to operate a jail that operates in the black or at least breaks even? Sure. Well, from the, all the numbers I've looked at, the jail, you know, and talking with the commissioners, the jail is approximately a $300,000 a year loss. If you look at the sheriff's budget, which is a little over a million dollars from what I've seen, that's a third of our budget. And that is a lot of your budget to be losing to make up for equipment, training, um, you know, eventually I'd like to get the salaries. That's going to take some time because if I do win, there's a lot of changes I want to implement. Um, so, but that $300,000 can go a long way for a department the size of Ray County to get us uh, the things that we need to make us a department that is... Uh, more technology friendly that utilizes technology and can be more proactive out in the county um, you know even when it comes to just you know affording gas so we can do more more um, patrolling that 300,000 is a lot so I think we have got to figure out how to fix the issue with the jail and I know since um, I've been doing more research and I've talked to more people that the jail has a lot of issues, a lot of upkeep issues. And the way it was built gives me some concern because I know there's been some people who have escaped from that jail. We need to figure out how it was built, what the issues are, how they can escape, and see what the most feasible way of, of dealing with this issue is, if that's by filling the jail more to capacity enough to break even or if it is to even if we need to house out for now until we can figure out a way of, of building something new or different um, adding on I, I don't know exactly what the answer is until I get in there but something is gonna have to happen we can't just stand by and let it lose three hundred thousand dollars a year and, and do nothing and it's been consecutively that way for eight years so at this point you would not say there are specific steps I want to take or I'm, I'm considering to, to get the, the jail solvent. Yeah, I, I don't think I can, honestly, until I get in there and look at it, see what the condition is. Um, you know, that was um, my goal. And then, you know, I, at, at the first, and then people started telling me about the condition and I learned more and said, yeah, this might not be, you know, and I tried being very forthcoming with that with, this might not be a, the the solution or even feasible to do at this point. You know, I also have a, we I would have a responsibility as a sheriff of if there is black mold in in a place like in the jail, I can't take somebody with asthma or emphysema, COPD, whatever, be in good conscience, put them in there because I'm I'm risking their health. 
So there's a lot of factors in that, and it's not like anybody's opened the doors for me to come in and take a look at it. So I, I can't speak on what I don't know, but I can speak on where I want it to be at, and we have got to do something to go in the black, or at least if we're not losing three, instead of losing three hundred thousand, if we need to house out, not only it's cost us a hundred thousand, we've saved two hundred thousand, and then we work on a plan for the future. Any closing remarks you would like to make? No, I'd just like to say I didn't give a lot of my background. Um, I feel like I put it out there a ton, but I would I would advise people to check out my website. It tells my whole background, all my qualifications, because. I really don't want to bore people with all that stuff, um, but you can go to www.scottchilders for raycountysheriff.com, and Childers is spelled C-H-I-L-D-E-R-S. Um, just in closing, I'd like to say my support here has been phenomenal. I am happy to be back in Ray County. I love this county. I'm a, I'm a country boy at heart. Uh, I love being back here. It's been great to me. All the people have been great. I'm happy that my son's going to live, uh, you know, uh, a childhood similar to what I had. And um, I just want to tell everybody thank you. And I am here to make changes. And uh, I couldn't do that with the support I've had. It's been a pretty rough campaign, but people have just been phenomenal to me. And I. I want to thank them for their support. Scott Childers, thank you. Thank you, sir. Sheriff Bush and I met September 28th, also at the newspaper offices. Here's what he had to say. Even though, obviously, Sheriff Bush, our, our listeners, or most of our listeners, know who you are, start with discussing what your qualifications are for the job. You know, I've been with the Sheriff's Department 32 years. I was the Chief Deputy for 12 and on the road the rest of the time then Sheriff for the last eight years. One issue that, that came up when talking to candidate Childers was the choking death of George Floyd back in May by police officer and similar incidents have sparked national concerns about rogue law enforcement officers. How, as Sheriff, serving another term, would you address the possible issue of rogue deputies? Uh, I'm looking at getting body cams. Uh, he talked about getting those. He bought his for $135, but then that is not one that couldn't be tampered with. So what I'm looking at is Ryan. <clears throat> he worked from $70,000 to $200,000. We're getting bids on them and seeing what we can get. And what role should county law enforcement play in addressing the opioid epidemic and why, or epidemic and why? Uh, it, it affects the jail. Uh, half the people come in has been addicted to it. Uh, commissioners are in a lawsuit right now with, the, with some of the other states and counties, but you can go, the state needs to do something with this monitoring prescription medicine because they can go from one doctor to another doctor to another hospital and get the same stuff. And there's no way of tracking it. So many people, they get hooked on drugs and then it's hard to get them off. We have Tri-County come down and try and get them mental health too, because that's part of it. But, you know, they go from doctor to doctor, hospital to hospital, and, and still get it. You know, Missouri Sheriff's has tried to help with legislation to get it passed, but it seems like they don't want to do it. Related to that, while, while we're on the, the issue of, of drugs, legal or 
illegal. What steps would you like to see the Sheriff's Department take if reelected to to address the, the growing problem of, of meth production in Ray County? There's no meth production in Ray County. It's already made to Mexico and they ship it in because you can't buy the ingredients to make meth anymore locally. We haven't had a meth lab here since probably 20 years. Really? Uh-huh. You may run into a little one that's trying to, but we haven't had one for several years. Is there still an issue with, with meth dealers in Ray oh, County? Oh, yes. Yeah, they're, they're everywhere. Clay County's full of them. Every county's full of them. It's just hard catching them. You know, you got to catch them when they're selling or, or have it on them. Are there any steps that you would like to see the department take if, if re-elected to be able to, to go after sellers if more? If I could get a couple more deputies to where we had more on the road, because we did a traffic stop here a while back and got 10 grams of meth off a lady that we heard had been dealing in Kansas City. Their task force come down here and talk to them. Voters have expressed concern about the jail losing money. Is, is it feasible to operate a jail that operates in the black or at least breaks even? Not in the state of Missouri, unless you hold federal prisoners. Like Lafayette, they hold federal prisoners, they get paid $95 a day. They take their inmates to Johnson County and only pay 45 so, you know, they fill it full of federal prisoners. We don't have that option. Are there any steps that you could take if reelected, or that you would consider to maybe get the, the jail operating a little closer to break even, or...? It's almost impossible to break even because now there's not what they call a debtor's prison where the judges can't assess it as court cost anymore. They used to and we were getting generating quite a bit of money from that, but now you can't do that. And people just only time we get money back is through the state of Missouri if they just stay income tax or win the lottery. So debtor debtor's prison, which is something that people tend to associate with like nineteenth century America or even nineteenth century England is, is back. Yes. And they're just most of them don't have a job, so and, you know they don't they don't work. So there's no way of the prosecutor could garnish their wages, but you got to find out where they work. Anything. You got to take a civil actions on it. Now we do have some that pay, but not that much. Not like it used to be in the state of Missouri. It was a lot of money. One time it was up to almost four hundred thousand. I think it's down to I believe one hundred seventy nine thousand now. They still was from years before. And not much you can do in terms of being able to collect the, the money, no. I'm guessing. We, we, Missouri Sheriff's went down to Jefferson City last year. We went down five times and talked to the to the appropriation committee. They said they would try their best to allow so much money to pay the rouges, and which they helped on it, but it still fills money. Anything you would like to say as, as say, a closing statement? Just, I, I, like I say, I like to try get some more cars and get a couple more deputies to have more on the road. You know, we cover 560 square miles and I only have two on at a time. And we have to help all the towns and everybody else too. And, and it's hard to find qualified deputies now. Um, I heard Lafayette short five and I think Clay County short 10. What is the, the personnel total for the Sheriff's Department? I had 32 employees total less counting the jail and the courthouse and the road. How many of those are deputies? I got 13 deputies. Before I forget it, also meant to ask how's how's the re-election campaign going? Doing good. I think with the virus, or you know, it's hard to see people and talk to them like you normally would. But you know, we're doing what we can.
there's no social gatherings and you hate to go knock on the door because everybody thinks you know you're spreading the virus and I've been real concerned about it in the jail I haven't had it yet but all around us they have Sheriff Bush I thank you thank you Sheriff's race and the Eastern Commissioner's race are two of three contested county races. In the other race, Mary Marler is facing Gary Wilhite for Western Commissioner. Look for comments from one or both in November when we'll provide election wrap-up coverage. Before then, however, we have one more election preview episode. Scheduled to go live October 26th, it'll cover the 5th District Congressional race. One more item before signing off. If you want to be a sponsoring business or a supporting patron of the series, contact Sharon Donnett, media specialist with the Richmond News and Town & Country Leader at Sharon at LeaderPress.com. That's Sharon at LeaderPress.com. She also can be reached at the Richmond News at 816-776-5454. That's 816-776-5454. Her contact information also is included in the episode description at Buzzsprout.com and on other podcast platforms. Thanks for listening. Goodbye for now. Take care and stay safe. Ray County Voices is produced by the Richmond News in association with Momut Music and Momut Multimedia, both imprints of Mutt Media LLC. The executive producers are Brian Rice, Sharon Donnett, and Sean Roney. It is scripted, directed, edited, and engineered by Sean Roney. Music for Ray County Voices is composed by Sean Roney and performed by the music collective Sacred and Secular. The copyright for this podcast is owned by the Richmond News, Momot Music, and Momot Multimedia. Any use of this podcast without the expressed written consent of the Richmond News, Momot Music, and Momot Multimedia is prohibited.